the other week I was um, in my office and a friend of mine dropped by and um, he was talking to me about um, some ministry that they were doing in the inner city of Winnipeg and they were actually visiting people that they didn't know going door to door um, to people's homes this past summer and basically knocking on people's doors and asking whether they could pray for them and what they could pray for. And that was it. There was no agenda other than to say, we're out praying for people, can I pray for you? Showing up at people's doors. Now, understandably, a fair number of people looked at them a little strangely. Um, he said that actually they, uh, they didn't get a lot of doors slammed in their face, although that did happen. Um, but, they, but most people um, just thought it was weird. You know, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, but they didn't reject them. And when people kind of had this sort of strange expression on their face, they changed the question for them. And they changed it from, is there anything we can pray for, to this. They said, if there is a God, then what is the one miracle that you would ask for? I thought that's an interesting way of asking it. Because lots of people they were visiting might not necessarily believe in God. But if there was a God, what's the one miracle that you would ask for? And then they said, they would they'd get answers to that question. And then that, they said, well, that's what we're going to pray for. Isn't that an interesting thing? It's an interesting question for us to think about even, right? If there's a God, what is the one miracle you would ask for? And in some ways, for our uh, reflection today, it would be helpful to think of it in a, in a personal context. So it's pretty easy to say, um, well, I would ask for world peace, or, um, or I would ask for you know, that my second cousin's uh, nephew to, be, uh, to get better from the cough that he's got. You know, like, um, it needs to be like personal to you. What is the one thing in your life that you would ask for? If there is a God and you could ask for a miracle, what would it be? Another way of asking this question that relates more to our reading today is this. What do you hunger for from God? It's the same question. What do you hunger for from God? Our reading today begins actually in the middle of a conversation, but it's kind of a strange thing that Jesus says. Um, at the beginning of this series, we've been talking about God's provision. We started off reflecting on the feeding of the 5,000 story. If you were here that day, you'll remember we had little fish and loaves hidden in the, in the seats. And so we had our miracle that day of the multiplication of food. And um, this story, this conversation happens just after that. And Jesus says to the people who have come to seek him, he says, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. It's kind of a strange thing that Jesus says. You're looking for me not, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill. Saw signs, when Jesus says that, here's what he's meaning. He's meaning, you're looking for me not because there was a sign, and that made you realize who I am, and so you're seeking me because of who I am. 
There's some sign telling you that I'm the Son of God, I'm God incarnate, I'm the one sent into the world to redeem it. That's not why you're seeking me. You're seeking me because I multiplied the bread and you got fed and you thought that was awesome. That, that's why you're seeking me. That's why you're coming because I might do some crazy thing again. But you missed that it was a sign is essentially what he's saying. You missed somehow that it was a sign of who I am and that's the reason you should be seeking me. And if we know that that's kind of what Jesus is meaning by this strange phrase, his continuation makes a lot more sense. Because he continues and says, do not work for the food that perishes, the fill of the loaves, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So do not work for the bread that I multiplied, you know, earlier with the feeding of the 5,000. That's not what you should be working for. You should be working for the food that nourishes for eternal life. But what is that? I mean, we might be sitting there saying, well, I don't really, but I, but I don't know what that is. And that's exactly what the people Jesus was talking to, it's exactly what they said. And they hear the word work. Okay, I'm supposed to work for some other kind of food, food that nourishes for eternal life. I'm supposed to work for that. Okay, um, so then they ask in verse 28, what must we do to perform the works of God? So there's some work involved. Well, what is that? What do we have to do? What is the work? And Jesus answers that question. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Jesus is talking about himself, right? He is the one that God has sent. Here is the work that you need to do in order to receive the food that nourishes for eternal life. Believe in him. Believe in him. And then what do they say back to him? Well, if we're supposed to believe in you, then give us some sign that we should believe that of who you are. Our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness. We know this story, right? The ancient Israelites were walking through uh, the wilderness, the desert, wandering for 40 years, and they didn't have food, and God miraculously provided them with bread from heaven. It's described as, that just appeared on the ground six days a week. Double the amount on the sixth day, so that they had enough for day seven. Our ancestors had that sign. And we knew, we knew we had Moses and we had God with us. What's your sign, Jesus, if you are the one that we're supposed to believe in? What's your sign, they say? Now, if I was Jesus, I would just say, well, you were just here. We just fed 5,000 people. But Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say that because he's already really said it. He said, you're not here because I did some sign. You are here because you ate your fill of the loaves. You missed that it was a sign. Now you're asking for a sign. You missed that it was a sign. So he says this instead to them. 
This is verse 32 and 33 of our reading. It was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You hear that? The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Don't we want that bread? Comes down from God and gives life, not to just us here, to the world, Jesus says. What do you hunger for from God? Because he's giving you the true bread from heaven that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. When the people talking with Jesus, when they hear him say this, there's bread that's coming from heaven and and it's here, it's available, it gives life to the entire world. When they hear that, their immediate response is, give us this bread always. Well, of course it is. If what he's saying is true, then wouldn't we want that every single day? Please give us that bread. Please satisfy our hunger with this bread that can give life to the entire world. If that's there, then give that to us every day, they say. And this is where Jesus says his famous line. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What is the one miracle you would ask for? What do you hunger for from God? Whatever that is, if it's not the true bread that comes down from heaven, then you need to replace that hunger with the true bread that comes down from heaven. Because that is what satisfies. Whatever it is, whatever that one miracle is, we can pray for it, but it can't be your central hunger when it comes to God. We need to replace it with Jesus. Whoever comes to Jesus will never be hungry. You see how it works? See how it works? There might be all kinds of other things that we will hunger for or that we would want from God but it's actually not those things that we're to seek. We come to Jesus, and all of those other things fall into their proper place. Those who come to me will never be hungry, and they'll never be thirsty. When was the last time you came to Jesus? Really? 
in prayer. That's the, the way we come to Jesus, is by talking to him in prayer. We, we would never think uh, of a friend and say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to come to my friend, um, I'm going to be with my friend, um, but I'm actually not going to talk to my friend. And I'm not going to let my friend talk to me. That, that's not coming to that friend. That's not seeking that friend. When was the last time you came to Jesus and spent real time talking with your friend? I know for me, I, I wish it was daily. I, w- I wish... I wish I understood this passage better every day so that when I read these words, give us this bread always, I realized actually God is giving me this bread always. Every single day, I have the opportunity. I can just come to Jesus because he has already come to me. But it's not daily for me. I imagine it's not daily for many of you. It's, it's funny what happens when you actually do spend some time, even 10 minutes, praying and just spending time with Jesus, coming to him, saying, my life is yours. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I give my worries over to you. It's amazing how God's provision becomes evident in your life when you do that. It, it, this isn't a, um, a solution to life's problems. Okay? This doesn't make everything magically go away. But our deep hunger is satisfied in him. It puts all those other things in their proper place when we come to Jesus. And it can be so hard to trust him sometimes, particularly if you're in a, in a place where things are difficult or things are, are harder than they were in the last season of your life. It can sometimes be really hard to think, well, I'm going to go to Jesus. That's not going to make any difference. And so we stop going to Jesus until things get really bad and the bottom falls out. And how many stories have we heard of people where the bottom falls out and that's finally when they do turn to Jesus and there can be a turnaround. Or in the end, they don't turn to Jesus. Let's not wait for the bottom to fall out. If things are bad and we're having doubts, that's the very time to go to Jesus daily and say, I don't know what to do with any of this, but you are God and I trust you. When was the last time you actually trusted your life to God, to Jesus, the living bread, who is given to you every day. Let's pray.